What to Roo is up, Jen? <laughs> this is Vanna Diel Van Splainer, the show where I play Final Fantasy XI and tell Jin about it. It's going to be good. So far, what I know is that it's pretty janky. Nailed it. Yeah. Episode over, show over. <laughs> okay, Jen. This is so, going to be all about the download and install process. All right, Jen. So because this is episode one of this new show, what is it? <laughs> With the announcement of the latest Final Fantasy XIV expansion and that it will be cribbing from Final Fantasy XI, I became very curious about that game world. Mm-hmm. Playing 11 has been a bucket list item for me for some time, but because time is short and it sounds like a very grindy old school MMO, I've been mainly wishing for it rather than doing it. However, with Dawn Trail now kind of forcing my hand in a sense, I'm now hopping into the deep end and going full Van Andiel. Which is great. This show is not going to be pod return to Van Andiel. It will not be a detailed examination of Eleven. I am not doing any more research than I have to in order to play it, which <laughs> is actually a lot because the game is very opaque. Great. Instead, this is a journey through Final Fantasy Eleven from the perspective of a 14 player. That's And fair. Jen. And Jen. Because <laughs> I am none of those things. I'll be talking about my observations and things that stood out to me. I am hoping to come out of this with the knowledge needed to understand the pieces that will appear in 14, but I don't know what it's going to be yet, so we'll see. Yep. As a final note, we are putting out this episode one through the pod return feed, but future episodes will be for patrons only of our very expensive $1 a month Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash podreturnffxiv. Hop on board for more Van Adiel Van Splainer and more content. <laughs> I'm doing Jin's job. Yeah, you're... <laughs> so Jin, here is the start of my Final Fantasy XI adventure. It's Jen a... is looking very pensive right now and I don't know what no, she's going no, no, to no. say. No, no, no. I was listening to Porkchop. I see. Yeah. Okay. He's making noise. Weird. Um... I have I have no idea what to expect. We were talking about this recently, well, earlier tonight actually, and I and I was like, okay, so what other MMOs were there on the market when this came out? And I, like I I am so outside of the loop of MMORPGs, like completely. I I was not a WoW player. I I didn't play video games. Period. From like the time I was eighteen until I was thirty one. So it's it's a bit of a gap. Right, so yeah, yeah, no, I have no idea. The, what year did this come out? Two thousand something, I think. Jesus Christ! Like early two thousands, early early two thousands. Man, yeah, no, no concept of what existed then. Because I believe we have hit its twentieth anniversary this year or thereabouts, so that would put it in two thousand three or two thousand four. Interesting, because twenty twenty three was the tenth anniversary of Final Fantasy Four. Yeah. Hmm. They were like exactly 10 years apart. That's interesting. Anyway, so the very first challenge of the game is getting into the game. Just like Final Fantasy as in 14. Literally accessing the game itself. Yeah. Hey, okay. This okay, is a 14 is familiar. easy mode, Jen. Oh, boy. This took me over an hour, <clears throat> not counting any download time, to actually get to the game screen, the very first game screen. 
after you downloaded it. That there were many downloads and patches during this time period. I am cutting that out of this time recounting. It took me an hour of labor thereabouts to get into the game itself. Oh my god. There are YouTube videos that explain how to get yourself logged into this game because the process is so convoluted. Oh my god. First, I tried going to the game's website. One, not optimized for browsers because like the whole thing appears on like half the browser window for some reason. Oh, anyway, so it's like somebody made it for mobile and then didn't make it like universally adaptable. So. I, I don't know what the fuck, but anyway, that, that was my observation first off. I actually, I backed out of it and went to confirm that it was the correct website because oh, it's right. like... Yeah, because this looks like a scam. Also, it's on something called Play Online. Play Online scam. is some other service. I don't know if Square Enix owns it or not, but it's some service that helps to host and or like gateway like into emulator? this game. No, it's... I think it's whatever they use to get the PlayStation 2s online back when the game first came out. Okay. And now it's part of the infrastructure. I think, again, I've not done research on this. This Jank. is uh, my experiences. Jank. I, I'm I'm vansplaining. I'm not coming from a position of knowledge. Yeah. Just of armchair experience. Okay. Regardless, though, the website is on something called Play Online. So it's like, what the fuck is this shit? Am I going to get, like, key logged or some crap? So I back out of it. I go to confirm, first off, is this the correct website? <laughs> is this legit? And yes, it turns out this weird ass play online, oh my God. like web 1.0, whatever website is the correct website. Great. Next up, I go to download the client. To download the PC version, there are five different files, which you must download all of, extract them, and then run an installer to combine them. Oh my fucking god. But two of these five files would not extract for me. As in, I did multiple downloads of these files, and I tried to extract them, and they kept erroring out. Why? I don't know. But how do they, because, how do they work eventually? Because I tried to Google for why why is this happening. Uh-huh. Not, not what I Googled, obviously, but still. Um, and no one had my experience. Nothing came up for me. <laughs> That said, I can't get these files to extract. Wow. So what I did instead, (laughs) I instead went to Steam and bought the client, bought a game key on Steam so I could use the Steam downloader. There's no like free trial download on Steam. I could see I had to buy the complete edition on Steam. And once I did that, though, I could use the Steam downloader to get the, the game client to me, which worked out great. It was on super cheap sale though it's like 10 bucks for the entire like all expansions okay this yeah. game does not cost a lot to get into a lot of money a lot of time yes a lot of money no <laughs> so um oh my god uh after getting the steam install done i had to get my account set up this is where i ran into more play online fun business because you need to have both a play online account and a square enix account to get into the game oh my god i had to this took me a long time to figure out. And again, that, that YouTube video that said, how the fuck do you log into the game? That helped because it the, the game client, there's like a launcher like 14 has, but the launcher is some sort of convoluted ass piece of software. Uh-huh. And you have to set up your, your login profile. And the, the profile has like five different authentication things in there. So ultimately, there's like a um, your Square Enix login, Square Enix password, your play online name, your play online key, your play online password, and then there are two optional passwords as well, all in one like login screen. 
I'm faced with this screen with poorly described input fields. Oh my god. And eventually again by through Reddit and through YouTube's help, I was able to match the various information I had <laughs> to the launcher and get logged in, but I don't think they want people playing this. That was my experience. It's like how is someone supposed to get into this game if they're not one, You're not I, meant I've, to. It's, it's I've been cursed. playing PC games since the, the fucking like late 80s. Yeah. So I've dealt with some fucking convoluted shit to get into games and make them play. This is tapping into my deep well of how do I make this fucking game play when like it crashes after I launch it and so yeah. on. So I, yeah. I've done this troubleshooting beforehand. But how does someone who's not a fucking nerd like me play this game for real? <laughs> Anyone else who's like, oh, this seems interesting. Let's try it. And then they can't install the game in the first place. Fuck this shit. Gonna go play. I've, I don't know. I feel like that that Venn diagram of people who are, are curious about playing Final Fantasy XI and have the capacity of getting in there. It's a circle. There, are, I don't think there are people out there who are casually interested in Final Fantasy XI, and um, I think that and, and got like turned off by the login process. Like I, are, I believe it happened, but it's there gonna be, are like, many one, one person casual er gamers who play fourteen. One fourteen has like an actual eleven crossover event. And two, apparently Don Trail has 11 shit in there as well. No, 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 no. Like, so okay. this will prompt, I'm assuming, other people to say, hey, let's go check this out. I want to see what oh, I'm missing. Oh, you're not wrong. Oh, triple middle fingers. I mean, it's already happened. Yeah. Yeah, because you're doing it. Yes. Um. So, but how long has it? Okay, so I'm like, what was the process like back in the day in 2003, whenever this came out? I don't know, but I do know they have done multiple kind of updates to the system. So we're dealing, it's like 14 in a way where we're dealing with like the very crap the game first came with and mistakes made then that are now having to be kind of patched into the more modern interface. Oh, so boy. this game has yeah. some baggage. Again, 20 year old yeah, game, no, that's just, they initially just a console game. The albatross that is the spaghetti code. I don't think anyone loves that. Forward. I think they are forced to bear it. Oh my God. Anyway, so I follow guides. I can then log into the game. Done. I am into the actual game screen. All right. Well, but, that's the first night and I'm going to bed. Correct. That was my first night of playing this game <laughs> was just this process. It was playing the, the, the puzzle of how to <laughs> open the game. But also, I will pause here and say that the launcher itself is a 90s ass piece of software. Nice. I feel like I'm logging into AOL with this. Oh, like for real. Yeah. It's playing some jazzy hold music. All the while, I'm trying to no figure way. out how this works. Oh and God. when you log in, it makes like Morse code beeps boop, 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 to tell you it's communicating on the internet. <laughs> so please stand by. You are connecting to the internet. Connecting. It's like a little man, and he's running to the internet. But Jin. But he's running forever. But Jin. But wait, there's more. After I get through the launcher, it then starts to soft lock my computer. I am able to Google a solution to this. Oh my God. It turns out that the game relies on some legacy Windows setting. <laughs> so I have to go into the um, the, the no control way. panel, not like the uh, user-friendly control panel, like the real control panel. No, no, this is this is the nitty gritty. And I have to go find like the legacy settings and yeah, enable some bullshit to yeah. make this work. With that done, I can now open the game.
This is day two now. Day two of game. Do we know any like what's do we know do we know anything about this at this point? Like who who is your character? We don't. What Jen. are you supposed to do in the game? You're supposed to. What does the world look like? Well, again, I I have not yet actually interacted with the game client directly. I have not made it past the launcher until day two, <laughs> so we don't know. The game itself opens now. It actually opens, <laughs> and we get the full FMV cutscene at the start. Okay. It goes through and says, "Okay, so Vanadiel is a world with crystals of power." Uh, of course, old school Final Fantasy stuff. Uh, you get like a, a big glowing blue crystal as the very first image in the FMV. Oh, that's familiar. Yep. And this thing goes on to describe how the peoples of the world were at war with the Beastmen in the past. And we get this FMV sequence that shows a horde of chonky lizard frog people overrunning and sacking a city. And one child escapes barely. And then they come back when they're an adult at the head of an army and they have a cat girl girlfriend and the FMV ends. <laughs> no way. That's the, the opening FMV. Okay. So I'm guessing we're following this kid. I have or, not, or is that just like telling us a little bit about the timeline of events? I have not met this kid or his cat girl girlfriend yet, Jen. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure I will at some point. I'm sure he's some major okay. power player. Right. I'm guessing. I don't know. Anyway. So next up, character creation. This is very quick, actually. Boo. The first thing that hits me is that the character race options are exactly the same as 14s. Just different names and slightly different aesthetics. You've got humans, elves, cat girls, rogadins, and lalafels. Wow. But again, they're called different things. What are they called? I, I don't recall most of them. Oh, my God. This is this So is as the- an overall note here, I am not keeping notes open while I play this game. When we do a pod return episode, I have two monitors open. I am pausing every five seconds to note shit. Not happening here. Yeah, I am yeah. playing a stretch. No. I am making notes afterwards we'll about my experience. We'll eventually know what these things are called, but not right now. That's fair. Maybe. <laughs> You're like, if I give a shit. We got cat girls and elves. If I give a shit. So anyway, there's an aesthetic choice with the Final Fantasy XI races where most of them have black noses which I find to be fairly off-putting, though I'm sure I'll get used to it at some point. Black noses. So the last three race options all have black noses or black shading on their noses. Okay. Well, there's like, okay, so in 14, if you're building uh, a Lollafell, there is an option like the the nose is like shaded. Yes. Um, so I'm guessing it's like that. The Lollafells in this game, they look like little scarecrow people, actually. It's like they have like a triangle coal piece oh, for a nose. Oh, God. Ew. Ew. Is that is that cute or? They are cute. Honestly, the, the shitty graphics kind of helped to mask some of the. Um, oh, no. Yeah. They like if you took like a, sure. a 14 Lollafell with that same aesthetic, maybe maybe not. But with the more um, <laughs> with like old a, school graphics. A gaping cavity for a nose. Yeah, less than cute. It's not a cavity. It's, a, well, it's, it's like, like a black triangle yeah, for a yeah, nose. Yeah, for some reason, it just it evokes a, a skull. Well, anyway, that's all I'm I, I disagree, but that's fine. I can't argue with your mental I, image. Yeah, I don't know. I have to build this the way this thing looks. I have to build it in my head. And so far, it is uh, terrifying. Fair. Well, also, Jen. Like something out of scary stories to tell in the dark. You can only be a cat girl. You cannot be a cat boy. There are no cat boys. 
There are also mm. no lady Rogadins. You can only be a male. And the Rogadins in this game are super chonky. Giant fucking torsos. Like, they're already pretty chonky. I know. It, it's They have... They, there's no nowhere else they can go with it. They, they did. They found a way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining just like the stone heads from the sunken temple of Karn. That's a Rogadin now. Yeah, pretty much. It's just... A chunk of man. Their shoulders are way wide and they have enormous torsos and little bitty legs comparatively. Little bitty legs! They're actually, quote, normal size legs, but they look bitty compared to the torso size. I I am... I have not yet seen a Rogadin in-game. I know they're not called Rogadins. I don't know what they're called. Whatever. I've not seen a Rogadin in-game yet. I've just seen them in the character creator interface. So I'm going off my memory as well from however long ago. I can't wait to see these things. Anyway, so you're picking your your race, and each race and gender combination has their own theme music, and you see this character strutting around and posing to this tune. The cat girls do a seductive feline dance where they flop around on the ground like a cat stretching. Jesus Christ. It is very awkward. (laughs) That's a, you know, they know what they're doing. Yep. Cool. I chose a human, or Hume, as they're called in this world. Because of the aforementioned black nose aesthetic, kind of putting me off of most of the options. There are only like eight face options per per player race. And two hair color options, at least for the humes. Either brown or darker brown. <laughs> there are no hairstyles. <laughs> each, each face has a hairstyle, but there are there's no pick your hairstyle for your face oh, options. Oh, man. Uninstall. Then you can make your character small, medium, or large. Sorry. I'll and that's a, it. I'll take a Vente Hume. <laughs> nice. I chose a face option with a Riker beard, so I called my guy Riker <laughs> for Vanadiel Riker. It's the v- Riker. Riker. Yeah. Good. Okay. I was like, this is this is a Star Trek thing. I got it. It is. Yes. Yay. There are a handful of jobs to pick from. I picked Red Mage. I think the others are, um, there's Thief, there's Monk, there's Warrior, and I don't recall the other one. There's like one more option, I think. Whatever. So anyway, I picked Red Mage, though. And I believe there is a job change system in this game, though I've not yet messed with that. I'm not planning to do like the full job path thing, whatever. I'm going to find the most expedient way possible to experience the main game. Fair. So I'm, I'm not going to go full yeah. 99s for all characters, all, all jobs or anything. Oops, all jobs. Oops, one jobs. (laughs) I do know there are also like the advanced jobs too, paladin and shit. You can unlock later on. Don't know how, but there will be higher tier jobs available. I'll find at some point, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. The last choice is your starting city. There are three options. You get some in-game rendered flyover views of each city when you mouse over them. One looks like a generic castle city. One was like a mining place, which looked extremely desolate. And the third one was a um, like a, a cool overgrown jungle city. So I picked the last one because okay. it seemed like the most character. This place is called Windurst. And it's apparently the seat of magic or something in the world. And it's home to cat girls and lalafells. Nice. The, I do know the lalafells are called Taru Tarus. Tarutarus. There's Humes and Tarutarus and Catgirls and Rogadins and Elves. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're unlocking this slowly as you as you walk through. So now I'm into the, the game part of the game. 
Amazing. I get a brief cut scene where my character rolls up into the city saying, sup, I'm Vriker. I'm Vriker. Do you roll up in a cart of some kind? No, you just appear in the city directly. Oh, okay. You're just... And mm-hmm. I get accosted by a cat girl, by a helpful cat girl, or so I think. Mm. She seems like a tutorial person, but we get to ask her one question. Then she starts trying to shake us down for cash. Then she gets chased off by a band of Taru Taru guards called the Star Onion Patrol or something, I think. The Star Onion Patrol? That's so cute. So here's the next twist. Some of the Taru Taru talk in literal baby talk. Oh, no. no. She gets chased off and one of them stays behind to help us. And he tells us that the cat girl is a big weenie. And for some real help, we should go talk to some kind of creature whose name I can't recall. And he's like, go talk to this weird thing by the big twee. Oh my and God. then he runs off too. Oh no. And that's it. Now I'm actually playing the game. Cutscene over. I am in the game world. Now you're going to the tree. Side note, Jen. One, no, I'm not going to the tree. Why wouldn't you go to the Just tree? First side note. You're supposed to go to the tree. It's going to be revealed later on that the character I met, the um the Taru Taru, is a literal child. Okay. But this is not at all apparent during this first cutscene. Because he's part of like a militia. Yes. And also, again, like... What are, is this place? This you, lawless place where you're you're immediately accosted by a pickpocket and then a band of urchins with swords comes up to protect you from the pickpocket. Like, what the pretty fuck? Pretty much. But again, bear in mind, very first cutscene in the game, very first Taru Taru you meet, baby talk, bam. And again, th- <laughs> this is a child, but the children and the adult Tarus are like almost the same size. I, I could not... If you, unless you had them side by side, I probably couldn't tell you which one was which, frankly. Amazing. But the adults do not use baby talk. They do do something. We'll get to that later on. Mm. So now I'm in the game. I'm, quote, playing the game. And I'm faced with an almost non-existent UI. There, there is no I, yeah, user interface. Yeah, you sent me a screenshot. And it was like, oh, this is after I hit whatever it is, F12. <laughs> <laughs> or scroll lock or whatever it is to get rid of my HUD so I can take a nice clean screenshot. Um, but no, it's, I think it had like your name and then yeah. like a health bar. I cannot make the name go that away. That may have been it. I wish I could, but I cannot find the way to make the name vanish. So you are faced when you first come to the game. There is like a chat bar at the bottom of the screen and people are yelling about crap they're selling in the auction house for more gill than I can imagine. I'm desperate for like 100 gil at a pop at a time. And people are like, buy my garbage, 9 million gil. What the fuck? I, I'm literally destitute constantly. <laughs> and you're selling some garbage for this much. Anyway, that aside though. So there's like a, a spam channel on the bottom where people are selling garbage and so on. And then there is a little health and MP bar in the corner. And then there is the helpful arrow icon thing in the other corner telling me that I'm on a real I'm fast internet north. connection or oh. something, I oh. think. I okay. think it's like the, the you're on the internet. Look how fast you are. Ooh, look at that ping. Yeah, I, I think it's doing that. I, I can't tell, but um, it never goes what away. What a weird thing to show you. Old game. This was around. People had dial-up probably and like some shitty DSL-ass internets and so on. Okay, fair. Yeah, you know, it's been a while. But anyway, oh, you might have noticed, Jen, there are no buttons in my description. There are no menu icons in my it's, description. It, it feels It is just chat bar, scary. Like internet the game, speed confirmation, it, you know, and then health bar. You're lost in a foreign country. But wait, Jen. What do you do? But wait, there's less. 
You so, were so proud of yourself I start, for writing that down. I did not write it down, Jen. <laughs> that came up on the fly. That's, that's I'm impressed. Thank for you. you. <laughs> It'll be more impressed by this next segment, Jen. Mm, I bet. So I start trying to click on stuff, trying to figure out what's going on. Like and people, yeah. are, are, there, are there things that are labeled? So like what, in, in Final Fantasy XIV, there's like an NPC with a name. You can click on the name and they'll like talk to you about shit. Yes. So there are people, there's like a tent and there's a handful of NPCs in like, my vision right jackpot. now. So I try to click on people and the game goes, man, 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 like error messages. Okay. So you're because not supposed to click on remember, Jen, remember, Jen, this was a console game initially. Mouses did not exist. Mice did not exist. The mouse is effectively functionless. Uh, the default I, mouse buttons, oh Jen, yeah. are bound to make the chat window bigger and make the chat window smaller. <laughs> so throw the mouse in the trash. You don't need it. What do you do then? So use I, the controller. Spoilers, but yes. I, I ended up <laughs> on the controller. I'm using controller now. It feels natural for this game. Okay. The, the keyboard did not feel good. Yeah, without a mouse. I, anyway, bleh, Jen, again, bear in mind, you can't click on shit. So how do you do shit? There is no helpful pop-up. You can't even click on icons. Like, like, if you get a buff or whatever, you can't mouse over it to see what it does because... Oh, my God. Again, the mouse is not a functional ah! tool. I'm getting, like, claustrophobic just listening so to this. So I, I have to pull on my old-school PC gaming knowledge once again and press literally every button on the keyboard looking for hotkeys. No way. Yes. Eventually, because there's no settings to go in to see, like, oh, how are my keys bound? Exactly, because I can't reach the settings terrifying. menu. Terrifying. That's terrifying. Because I don't know how to access the menu because there's no oh iconography for that. God. Eventually, Jen, I find out that the minus key triggers the menu. That doesn't make any sense. But wait, Jen. There are two submenus within the menu. The settings menu is on the second submenu. So you have to press the minus key, and then you have to press an arrow key to change no, the menu. No, that's too much. Fortunately, there are like little arrows to the left and right of the menu. So I saw that. I was like, oh, there must be more options. It's like you're, you're literally like lost in a, in a country where you don't speak it. You don't read it. You don't know shit about shit. You can't talk to people. Correct. This is This is a nightmare. So it takes me from getting into the game to being able to actually play the game another hour. <laughs> to go through this what process you you're just like running around town I'm, i can't Somebody run jen help me jen i cannot run i cannot type <laughs> like I, haven't I have no mouth but i cannot screen run exactly yes exactly <laughs> so pure jen. the um the wasty keys are bound to the movement well, on the keyboard for that but you can't interact with people so like i can boop forward sure but to what end yeah, I, I, can, I can walk up and like I hump someone, I guess, but like <laughs> I, it doesn't do anything. I, I can't interact with them. I get <laughs> I get to the config menu and I I fuck with the settings for the better part of an hour. The other part of an hour is trying to figure out how to actually do the shit, the menu. whatever. Yes, exactly. I spend ages trying to figure out settings and make things appear. Uh, <laughs> eventually, so I get my controller bind set up so I can actually function in the game and figure out what all the buttons do. And then I'm looking at all these other menus here, and there are both overwhelming and like a lot of nothing. The menu is full of submenus that have spells with more submenus for spell types. There are abilities and weapon skills and one million different currencies and like 20 different types of inventory. Oh, hey, look, it's a game. A game exists in there. This is all, these are all the things that we would like to see and know. I mean, it's not like, did, did people, okay. 
But bear was, this in mind, the, was this in the like, instruction manual that came with the fucking disc? Probably. If you got a disc, again, I, I got this through. Right, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we don't have the stuff that the kids got. Yeah, but also I think that... It, I, it was opaque for them as well. I, I'm assuming so to an extent. You know, we're used to having like a mouse and having a mouse that can click on shit. But if you have a controller, the verb set is more limited to begin with. So that constrains the possibility space. You don't have to hunt for like the minus key to open the menu. You've got maybe 12 different buttons to press Yeah. on a controller. True. True. Nice. Anyway, so my <laughs> back to the submenus, Jen. I, I'm scrolling through all th- these magics and abilities and weapon skills and crap, and they're all blank. I have shit all pretty much. So a whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. But I, Is there like a skill tree or it, something? Or No. Nope. So it, it tells me that these things exist, but I don't have them. So like a bunch of like empty menus, ultimately. All right. That's, and no, again, let it, me let me tell you, Jen, there are 20 or so different inventory types. You got your your Mog armoire and Mog cache and Mog storage and, and Mog bank. What What is going on, Jen? Mog shirts and Mog pants. No, not mog yet anyway. Mog purses, Mog hats. There's a whole lot of... of of nothing in Mod there. Cod pieces. But the fact that it shows you these things means I have to try and go through them to find the things I do care about. Like my actual things I have on me, my personal inventory and my gear, I find that eventually. Okay. And like I have like clothes and I have a knife on me. An onion knife. Onion knife. Yeah. After that's all done, I can now start to try to interact with the game world and run into more challenges. This whole thing is two steps forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. Because now I try to go and talk to a person. How do I talk to a person? It turns out that to interact with a thing, you need to target them. No mouse. <laughs> so there is, there's like a an auto target button that yeah. will try to select something. It works probably 75 to 80% of the time, roughly. It'll give me what I want. Otherwise, though, I've got to press the um, the D-pad to scroll through every target on the screen, oh my God. including friendlies, to select the thing I want to. Oh, that's, yeah. So it'll be like, I want to talk to this person. Oh, the auto target picked up some player over there. So I'm going to go scroll, 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 scroll. It highlights the person. I can then interact with this person. Fuck. And this is how you do anything in the world. You have to target anything. Any object, any person, whatever, you have to target them to interact with it. Okay. You want to open a door, you have to target the door, interact <laughs> with the door. All right. Um, so it's kind of like you're not really meant to do this a lot. I can't imagine. You, no, this is how you do anything. I, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay. If you want to fight a thing, so, so you have it's to like target it's, it. It's, it's discouraging you. If you from... want to go through a door, you have to target it. Eh, fuck it. If you want to leave your house. I don't want to go in there. Target the door. Yeah, I'll just live in the house. <laughs> this is too much. Right, Jin's out. <laughs> Target door. Scroll, 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 scroll. Toaster, stool, bed, dresser, lamp, door. Yes, made it. Click. So I, I figure out the target system and this is how you talk to people. But side note, Jen, side, side note, I guess. Even though the first game zone is full of quest givers and vendors and tutorial people and so on, nobody has any iconography on them. The tutorial people are indistinguishable from the random jokers with like a couple lines of flavor text. Oh my god. So hopefully you paid attention to the baby man who talked to you at the very beginning <laughs> like an hour ago and told you to go talk to the guy by the tree because otherwise, fuck you, 
you got like a bunch of assholes who are gonna tell I you to fuck off. I was gonna say, like, we're just go to the guy with the quest marker. Nope, there are no quest markers, Jen. Oh my god! So this is hilarious. They have made um, a sea of nameless faces that may or may not help. There are you. a lot of names, but they're all samey. And um, you have to scroll through all of them just. To, to target and, and talk to them. You got, like, but Arukis you don't even know which and, ones are the good ones. And Tarukis. Correct. And correct. All those things, Jen. It's not even like a different color. Nope. Underline. Nope. Or, no. Fuck off. So because I did pay attention to the baby man who told me to go to the tree creature, there's five people under the tree, but one of them is weird. So I'm like, <laughs> that's my guy. And this guy will get you kicked off on the tutorial path. There is a quest log in the game. One, the quest log does not update. So it does not <laughs> update to say, here's the next thing you do in the quest. Or does it show you at least what you've done? No. <laughs> here's the quest description. Have to, like write it down. Who gave you the quest? And then maybe a hint. But if there's a multiple step quest, then it does not update with every quest step. Jesus Christ. Also, the tutorial does not appear in the quest log too. So you have to pay attention to your tutorial people because you get kicked around a few times during the tutorial to different people. You've got to make sure you pay attention to who is who and who's giving you the steps because otherwise you'll lose the tutorial. Anyway. Pure anxiety. So (laughs) um, I I go to the the, the guy by the tree and it turns out it's a weird automaton thing with sack-like limbs and three wheels. These guys are some sort of guard robot and they'll be all throughout the city. They Sack are limbs, canvas limbs that are stuffed full of something because you can see the stitching on the limbs. Oh, like a scarecrow. Oh, yeah. But it's like a wheelie scarecrow because they got wheels on the bottom. Okay. Scarecrow it's and an wheels. It's an interesting mix of media is all I'm saying. Well, these guys appear in Final Fantasy XIV in the Stormblood expansion. If you've played Stormblood or if you play this, you will recognize when they appear in the other one. Oh, shit. These guys, again, they're like the guard robots of the city. They have names like Ace of Spades or Ten of Swords like or Modrons? whatever. like No? No. They, they are I'm, sack I'm, golems. I, I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to Wheelie imagine. scarecrows. Torso sack, and they oh, have oh, oh, three are, wheels at the bottom. Are they like the little, the little frog? They're more like the, the frog guys, the frog robots in 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's closer to the mark. Okay. <laughs> so they have like a sack torso and sack arms and then a little like horn so head you piece. said like sack limbs... I thought of like the shape of like a sack of money, you know, like a teardrop shape. Yeah. And they just have them like flopping all over their body as their arms and legs. I mean, this they have two gross. arms and no legs because they have wheels, Jen. Yeah, but I imagine but them otherwise, as like yeah. sacks. It's not, like literal un- sacks. it's not unlike sacks of money. But they're arm shaped. Correct. Made out of burlap. Probably. Say. Okay. Yes. Nailed it. We've spent Moving entirely on. too much time on this. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this wheelie scarecrow golem is the most helpful NPC in the game. Period. Period. Because it will tell you not only where to find the first tutorial NPC, it also will give you a list of quest givers in the town. And then also it will tell you, hey, if I want to unlock this mechanic, here's where to find them. And so you can go, yo, I want a quest. Then it'll say, in this subzone of the town, there are eight people with quests for you. And you can say, hey, where's this person? Where's Paru Paru? Okay. And then you okay. click on them, and then it shows you on the town's map. Here's a little marker where that shows where this person is. They have a quest for you. 
Yeah, he's he's like your little uh, PDA. Yes. These markers do not stay on your map once you close this interface. So oh my God. memorize where they are. Oh my God. It's, Commit it, it to your memory hard. brain. It's too hard. We did we couldn't afford the pixels, you guys. They will tell you about quest givers, and I am noticing that as I progress through the game, more quests are appearing. So I'll go back and talk to one of these guys. So the, the helpful robots are called jacks. Again, they're they're all cards. These are the jacks of whatever. So like jack of hearts, jack of diamonds. Oh. Every town zone has a jack robot who is a helpful robot. But it's like a it's like a bunch of them. Like there's like you know. Oh, there there are four. Jacks there are four. No. Four suits of cards, Jen. So four jacks. Oh, I see. Okay. This is how cards work, Jen. There are four suits. Well, like, I don't know. It could be like seven jacks of diamonds. And there's, there's one there's jack no of rule. diamonds, Jen. There's no rule. There is definitely a rule about that. All right. That. Well, apparently there's a rule. <laughs> there are rules in cards. <laughs> there's no rules in poker, Jen. Yeah. I just like, I got a jack of diamonds up my sleeve and I got a jack of diamonds up my other sleeve. So at this point, I go and try to find the tutorial NPC. He's by one of the town gates. By the way, that this whole town, this is like, again, this is like the jungle ruins town. So this zone I'm in now, this is like a bunch of jungle canyons with open kind of areas between the canyons where they intersect. And that's where all the activities mm. clustered. So mm-hmm. there's like the, the tree canyon meeting area, then like a canyon that runs over to the gate. And that's kind of open. And there's people hanging out on the dirt floor. Okay. Yeah. So I go to the gate and find the tutorial NPC. And he tells me some basic info, how to check enemies for their power level, respective to mine. Then he says, hey, go kill some scrubs and come back. And I'm thinking, finally, some gameplay. So I go out the gate and I go to fight some scrubs. I am now in a classic beginner zone with non-aggressive critters. The immediate outside of the city is a savanna-like area with a shallow river that winds through the zone. We've got mandragoras and rabbits and bees and caterpillars. There are also, deeper into the zone, some beastmen. The local beastmen look like bird people. Note they are called beastmen in this game. Mm-hmm, sure. Anyway, these look like bird people. They're like a kind of a vulture owl kind of crossover. They're not dissimilar to the Heaven's Ward beast tribe in 14. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Possibly where that design inspiration came from. I don't know. If you talk to NPCs in the town, you will get some drama on the beastmen and how the Windurstians, remember we're in Windurst, the town is Windurst. I remembered. So the Windurstians are supposed to be at peace with the bird people, but we still fight them. And some think that if Winders were stronger, they could do a genocide on the beast people and be done with them once and for all. Sure. And also some are like, let's have peace. Why are you trying to start shit? So people are very conflicted about these beast men relationships. And notably, the bird beast men are aggressive. So if you go too close to them, they will attack you. Mm -mm. How'd that work out? Fine. I mean, (laughs) 
when I met them, it, they're further into the zone. So when I met them, I leveled up some, so I was fine. But okay. it was surprising to be attacked by someone that early in the game. Whoop. Spicy. So anyway, uh, back to Babby's first fight. When you prepare to fight stuff, you want to use the check function. Can I fight you? Yes. Enemies all have their own power level. And so you need to use the check option to see if they are stronger or weaker or whatever to you. Sure. Like right now, all we have to do is walk around and look because it'll say level 43. Yes. Not so here, obviously. Obviously. So I proceed to fight some guys. At this point, I have a single spell, Dia, which is a defense down and damage over time spell. And I've got my knife. So my process is I cast Dia on something. My first enemy is a bee. So I cast Dia on a bee. And then I go to attack it. There are no weapon skills that you like you press on global cooldown, whatever. Throw away all your 14 assumptions. Well, you have to tell your character that you're now gonna fight this guy. Oh my god. So this is actually very much kind of old school Final Fantasy, but for a single character. Okay. Because when you select an enemy, you get a little context menu. Yeah. And the options are like attack cast spell got it use ability use okay. item so it's very much like you were doing a final fantasy menu options in yeah. this mmo fight weird so i cast dia and then i click the attack button this starts my character auto attacking at this point in time auto attacks are my primary source of melee damage uh, later on i'll get more spells too so i can spam water on enemies or whatever <laughs> and kill them that way but that's the most annoying fucking spell when you're getting hit by like a water sprite or the fucking Mind Flayer dude in Tom Tara. And she's like, water, water, water. And That's me right now, Jen. I'm doing it's that. non-fucking That's me. stop. And it's like sploosh. Yeah. Sploosh. Get sploosh, And Jen. it hits so hard. And yeah. you're like, fucking knock it off. No, I will not, Jen. Okay. At this point in time, I have a single weapon skill, which is called Wasp Sting. And in the present day, as in at recording time, I have one weapon skill. Look at you. I do not when I start the game. So <laughs> well, like, No, we do <laughs> So I've got a few spells and wasp sting, but my bread and butter still are auto attacks. So I don't know if that changes, but for now it's it's a shank off Yeah. for the moment. <laughs> Back in time to my very first fight, baby's first fight, I am fighting this bee. I dia'd it and we have a, a shank off. So I stab the bee, it stabs me back. Eventually it dies. 20 seconds or so, I think, to kill the bee. As this is happening... I'm getting a bunch of text pop-ups saying that my various skills are going up by 0.1s and 0.2s. My my stab skills going up by 0.1, my evasion's going up by 0.2, my pairing's going up by 0.2. So this looks like it's a game where you will use various character stats and they will go up incrementally over time as you use them. Okay. There's also capital L levels too. So I level up to two in like a couple kills and so on. Yeah. Okay. That that sounds pretty pretty standard there sure i guess Stan- standard ish have you played a game jen that has the <laughs> incremental you were gonna stop it right there have you played a game jen <laughs> no this is not the only game that uses the kind of the micro advancement for skills but we don't I've, see that i've never played that well i guess the closest would be like binding of isaac where you can level up you know tier speed Sure, but that comes when you pick up a thing. It, yeah, it's not because you're using that yeah. a lot. Yep. It's not a muscle you're exercising. Anyway, um, so I fight more animals until I level up my stabbing enough to learn that weapon skill, the wasp sting. As you are fighting, you'll generate TP or technique points. And when you reach 1,000 TP, 
you can use a weapon scale, which does a lot more damage, and the wasp sting inflicts poison. Ooh. Now that I'm level five and I got my skill, I go back to town and tell that the tutorial guy, yo, I'm, I'm cool now. And he says, no, you're not, but nice try. Close enough? Oh, yeah. okay. And the tutorial quest then tells me to go to a couple more places and then says, cool, you're cool. It's, yeah, it's um, been replaced at this point in time by other kind of quest lines to get me deeper into the game. I feel like I, I need to, I need to, I need to play 14 right now as a pellet cleanser. Like I feel so like I'm stuck in mud or like you're trying to run in a dream and you cannot run. It's that feeling. That's how I feel about this game listening to you talk <laughs> about it. So now that I'm five, Jen, I can now unlock trusts. At this point, um, when I go back to town also, so I walk back into town and I get a pop-up immediately saying, I can now start a story called The Echoes of Vanadiel. And I think, cool. So I press OK. And I get a cutscene. It transports me away from my character. I'm watching some other place. And I get a cutscene where a ninja lady teleports in. She appears in front of a big crystal and I'm almost positive this lady is the same one that appeared in the Final Fantasy 14 11 crossover event. She's got like that red headband with the tassels or whatever that stick out the back. You might recall, Jen, in 14, she appears in our world and she's like lost and trying to find a way back. And we got to do things that are like 11 to remind her of how games work or something. I don't remember this at all. Okay, well, maybe some listeners will. Uh, sure. uh, I'm yes. positive this lady is, is the same one that appears in the Final Fantasy XIV crossover. Which which was that? Which what, what, Was that recently? A year or so ago, I think. Not not that long ago. Because the, the Final Fantasy XV one was first, yes. right? And then Final Fantasy XI had the big crossover thing. And did sixteen? No. No, okay. Not yet. I feel like I, like I definitely... It bothers me that I can't remember anything of it. I mean, it's because I didn't play the game, so there's nothing there to. Agree. I, this thing appears from time to time. I understand. So when we when it appears again, we'll do it on our podcast characters, and you'll be refreshed. Was it like a um, like a seasonal event? That kind of a thing. Yes. Oh, I'm so annoyed. Anyway, anyway right. Jen. Yeah. So this ninja lady appears. She, she teleports in by a big crystal, and she starts monologuing to herself about what year it is. And that she has to act now. So she seems like she's some kind of time traveler or dimension traveler person. And she's here at this crisis point in the present, in our present, Uh-oh. in 11. And she's got to act. The cutscene ends. I'm back in town. Oh, shit. When was that? Was that five minutes from now? Is it 10 years from now? Well, stay was it tuned. 50 years ago? Stay tuned for more of that storyline, Jen, later. To be continued. But for now, I'm back in town. I'm working on trusts. So we got trusts in 14-2, Jen. But in 11... So so trusts are the NPC companion system. In 14, they do dungos with you. Mm-hmm. In 11, they are going to be your overall general purpose companions. They are your replacement for real friends. <laughs> they will run around with you in the field and whatever. They're not confined to the bounds of a single dungeon. That's hilarious. And these are, I understand, extremely important for success in this game. So I get a lead that a Taru Taru named Kupipi wants us to help experiment with trust magic. 
So I head over to an overgrown magic tower in the center of a lake and meet with her. Kupipi uses the other brand of, of Taru Taru speech affectation that is not just baby talk. Instead, she will actually actually just repeat random words and rhyme them. Rhyme, no. rhyme, rhyme them. Yes. Multiple Tarus will do this thing. Oh, man. The other, other speech affectation that the Taru Taru have is that if a word ends with a T, they will append Aru to it. Oh, my God. I honestly find this last Aru speech affectation Aru to be a little cute. Mm, sounds like shit a to me. That's wow. why you've been doing that. That's why you've been doing that. <laughs> oh my god, you guys. He's been planting this fucking seed for like two days. I had no idea what he was talking about. Like we're texting any word that ends with T, he'd he'd be like, you know, he would say something like, I don't know, Le Marino, but then he would correct it to Le Maru. And I'm like, why do you keep doing that? Like, what is this? Is this the new the new suffix for all your words, you know? Like, uh, uh, yes. It's and a hot that's... new trend, Jen, from 20 years ago. Oh, my God. It's coming back around. Fucking long con. long con. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Some of the Taru also have their own little personal quirks, too. It's a running joke in this game how they handle their little little deal. So, for instance, Kupipi, she does the affectation, but then she'll correct herself. She's, like, trying to talk like an, a non-Taru, but she keeps defaulting to her language. So she'll be like, actually, well, actually, I mean, just actually, and, and so on. <laughs> There's another pair of Tarus later on that one of them is doing the rhyming thing with the other one's name. And the rhymey gives his buddy a death glare every time they attempt <laughs> to rhyme the name. Wow. <laughs> and like the screen goes red and everything stops for a second. So it, it's very cute, actually. I like it a lot. That's great. Like it, it, it's very self-aware and it no, plays it, with... No, like immediately self-aware. Yeah. That's great. So anyway, Kupipi gives us what is called a an alter ego of herself. We focus on her and call it into being. And a straight-up clone of Kupipi just appears. These are not mindless vessels. These alter egos seem to be largely identical to the original, including memories and personality. Hmm. So now the two Kupipi start to talk to one another. We dismiss the clone, oh and God. she tells us to go and try her alter ego out in the field and be sure to treat her nice. Okay. And the game does not seem to be aware or to acknowledge what they have just asked you to do well, the existential horror of this mechanic where you are entrusting essentially yourself to some random asshole and then letting them call you into being a, a whim why would anyone consent to this I, I do not trust anyone to to call me into being out yeah who knows where doing who knows what yeah but that's what we do so we go out into the field and we call in the alter ego of Kupipi and I summon her. These trust characters are fully AI controlled. So they will follow you around and do whatever they do. Kupipi seems like a paladin type person. So she's in full plate armor, little tiny plate armor, and she's got like a little hammer and she will cast protect on me and whack shit with her hammer. Cute. And right now I can have three trust members summoned and i think you can add more in the future but i don't know for sure i think i've seen people running around with more than three trustees 
Right now, I've got, um, at this recording time, I have eight or so trust characters in my roster. I bought some with Conquest Points, and I got some from this achievement system that's called the Rights of Eminence. Okay. So at this point now, I'm getting my sea legs a bit. The ratio of gameplay to menu diving and Googling is shifting towards gameplay. Nice. And I'm now starting to shift my focus towards doing some actual questing. As mentioned earlier on, the quest givers have no indicators on them. My best resource to find quests are the, the wheelie sack golems, the, the jacks, that tell me where to find the questees. That's, that's it. That, that's like my main resource for questing. And my impression so far is that most of these quests are on par with the Final Fantasy XIV kind of flavor quests. But there's nothing to distinguish these quests from the critical unlocks like the Trust, for instance. They appear in this exact same place in the quest log. The only reason I knew to prioritize trusts is that I'm using this um, this wiki that says, hey, here's how you should get going in this game. So you really have to just go one by one to find the quote unquote good ones? Correct. If you are operating in a vacuum, yes. And most of these involve collecting items from critters in the wild, but there are some talk to people type quests too. And these give you very little guidance as to how to complete them. Some of them will tell you what drops the item in question. Others give you like a vague hint. I heard you can find this gem somewhere around Windurst. Oh, great. And sometimes you can talk to NPCs around the quest giver and they will give you hints as well. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Great. So I am using a wiki heavily for this because this game is slow enough, even with guidance. <laughs> I can imagine when this game first came out. Times were tough. People spamming the chat channel saying, how do I find this thing? Yeah. How do I do this thing? And like one person figures it out and then they're the hero of right, the moment. Yeah. Go talk to 420 Blaze It over there. He knows how to do the thing. Yeah. For the collectathon quests, these drop rates are abysmal gin. <laughs> for one quest, I have to get a new weighing stone for a restaurateur to help them make pickles. They have to weight the, yep. the container down and they need like the right size and weight stone for this. Not too light, not too heavy, whatever. So every time you bring back a stone, there's a chance for it to be the correct stone. Oh my God. It's not oh like bring no. back three stones. You roll the dice when you bring the stone back and it might be good, it might be bad. And I had to kill probably 30 or more <gasps> crawlers to get three stones. The third one was a good enough stone for this person. Oh, my God. Yes. This is normal for the drop rates for these quest oh items. Oh, my God. So did you have to, you had to kill a thing, get a stone, turn it in? Could you not just collect the bunch and then go turn them all in? Well, you could, but again, no, it's like a 10% drop rate or some shit like that. Right. So I, yeah, I don't know which would be more efficient. You're hoping that you're done with the stone you find and don't have to go and kill 10 more crawlers and hope you get lucky. Oh, my God. The saving grace, though is that enemies will drop the quest items whether or not you have the quest. So if you're lucky, you will have already collected an item and can turn it in immediately. <laughs> That's something. Pain aside, I've found two good reasons so far to do these quests. One is that this is my main income source besides selling gear I find. I am constantly out of gill because I've got to buy maps. Yes, Jen, you have a map of the city and a map of the media zones around the city. And that's it. You gotta buy other maps in the game. Okay. That seemed that reminds me of something you did in um twelve. Is that accurate? You had to like buy maps when you got to a new place? I don't recall, but maybe. I don't know why. It's like you had to like talk to a person and get a map 
or something. It, it could be. I, I don't recall that, but that might be the case. Anyway. Anyway, you got to buy maps here. This is making me broke. Also, we got to <laughs> buy spells. You don't get shit when you level up. Yeah. So I that's have what to I, that's what I remember. go Everything to a vendor expensive. and I have to buy spells I want from this vendor. Yeah. And I am constantly out of gill. Whenever I get a quest reward, I burn that on like mm-hmm. a map or something that I'm broke again. Mm-hmm. The other reason, Jin, that these side quests are good is that I think they give you a resource called fame, which is how cool you are in your municipality. <laughs> I've run into multiple people who told me that I'm not cool enough yet for them to hang out with me. So I'm working on getting my my fame up, on getting famous. In particular, there is a cat girl gang leader who I want to be my trust buddy, but I got to be more popular first. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. And anyway, you know, besides the mechanical benefits, I'm also doing these things because I'm here to experience the game world and I am getting flavor from these quests for sure. Um, thank God, because it really wasn't looking good at the beginning. Correct. Yeah. And I was like, I, cause I, and I know, um, that this game is beloved by many people and, um, you know, so much so that they're, they're leaning on its content very heavily for Final Fantasy 14, next big ass expansion. Like that's huge. So I'm like, what's going on? I was very confused in the beginning. Like, I don't know what. What is happening here? But already it's like, it seems kind of interesting. Well, the the launcher debacle. No, no, no. The, the expectations the were UI set. Expectations were set. Yeah. Are, are not the charm of the game. No, no, no. Still. Uh, I mean, I guess some might argue yes, because 14 had similar issues. Like, it, it's a very convoluted process. It feels janky as hell. And also scammy. Um, so there's there's that, but then it's... It's the shit like, you know, the UI, the menus, the the, the communicating to the player, what it is. Again, totally, totally different time and place uh, in which this game was released. So maybe we all had an instruction booklet and it was like, go talk to this guy and here are your buttons. And um, so that all seemed very scary. The character creation, that was surprising that they had more than like two races, you know, um, and they seem... They seem interesting. They're unique. It's not like your typical race options in a video game. Um, at least in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So everything's everything's shaping up here. Yep. Okay. So my side adventures include collecting parts from nearby monsters so I can help to train a wheelie golem on who is good and who is bad. I kill some bees and kill some mandragoras and then we show these parts to the, to the golem and say, these things bad. Kill these things. If it's got wow. a wing, kill it. If it's got a clover, wow. kill it. Another one is helping a guy to recruit members for his adventuring company. This involves talking to a ton of people. Like I, I was, was <laughs> blown away by the sheer quantity of steps in this quest. And remember, there's no active quest log. So I have to talk to literally 20 people across all four city zones oh for this quest. Will it check it off when you talk to them? Fuck no, Jen. You better fucking keep track yourself because otherwise... Oh my god. You're on your own. What the fuck? This... Um, How do you know when it's done? You gotta keep track. So you have to like, I don't know, tally it on a piece of paper and then when you have enough, you go back to the dude? You have to talk to everyone on the list, but yes. So I kept track by just doing one zone at a time and not stopping till I was done. Yeah, right? Yeah, if- 
But this is a good one to actually get acquainted with the city because it makes you go to all parts of the city. Windurst has four decently sized zones within it. The first zone is a bunch of pockets of activity connected by the jungle canyons, like I mentioned. There's a Dalmal farm here too. Dalmals are also in 14. They're the giraffe-like creatures. Another area is a lake, which is where I went to for trusts. It's a lot of little islands connected by wooden bridges. There is an enormous hollow tree in the center of the lake. This is where the star Sybil lives, who is like the political and spiritual leader of Windurst, I think. Notably, the star Sybil banned summoning magic some years ago. I don't know why yet, but I'm sure I'll find out. Mm. The third area is the commercial center for the city. This is on raised boardwalks over the lake as well. And there's a big circular wooden plaza that has an inn, tavern, and the Culinarians Guild, all like on this big boardwalk area. Side note, I'm hoping that I never have to touch crafting in my playthrough because I'm not aiming for full mastery here and crafting looks like a huge time and money sink. Oh, man. So I'm hoping I can get by without opening that Ah! chestnut. I hope there's crafting. Oh, no. (laughs) Thanks, Jen. (laughs) Final area is the port. This butts up against the ocean. (laughs) That's crazy. The Fisher's Guild is here, as is the airship dock. The airship seems to operate on a real-world timer. It's like a big hybrid airboat, the old-school Final Fantasy-style airships, which were normal boats that had propellers, top propellers on them. Like the first minion you get in 14. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So those are the four subzones in the city. I talked to all the recruits for this guy, and he's like, thanks. Now you'll be a VIP when you come to our headquarters in Future Zone, who I can't remember the name of. <laughs> so in five episodes or more, I'll eventually have this whole thing pay off, I hope. <laughs> I fucking hope so. You really put the time in, man. There's a quest where I run back into the baby Taru Taru that I talked to in the very beginning. Hello. The baby talk guy. Exactly. At first, again, I think he's an adult that talks like a baby, but no, he's an actual child. Okay. And he is the leader of a gang of vigilante children. No way. So I asked to join this gang. (laughs) I'm like, sup kids, can I join? And this causes them an existential crisis. (gasps) He's a grown up. Exactly. They're all (laughs) anti-adults. And they're not sure how to handle this request that we're making. Oh my god! I'm so like, stressed. one of the the members says, "Like my mom wants a tail." <laughs> she, she's like a five year old child, and she's like, "My mom wants a tail." Oh my god! My mom said that she wanted a tail, so they're like, "Yeah, this is the challenge: give her mom a tail." So I have to go and kill a rabbit in the savanna, and I bring back his tail. And they're like, "Well, shit." No, we think about gotta that. let you win. Yes. So now I, I bullied my way to this gang of children. You're like, well, I'm in charge now. And now we're on an operation to take down the cat girl huckster that was giving us the runaround at the very beginning. Perfect. So Perfect. their plan involves using <laughs> wild onions, and I've not found wild onions yet. So right now I'm, I'm at the onion collecting stage <laughs> of this quest line. <laughs> To be continued on that one. Stay tuned for more Star Onion Brigade Uh, gang shenanigans. I am so happy about this. There's a side quest where an out-of-town Hume wants a Starfall tear as a souvenir. So he doesn't know what it is or where to get it, but he wants one. 
I'm sure there are clues for this somewhere, but fuck if I know. This is the dumbest fucking quest yet. Yeah. What you got to do is you got to go kill some river poogles, pugles, whatever. These are like the piranha fish guys. Uh, yeah. You know? yeah. So we kill them until one drops scales. See earlier note about drop rates. <laughs> we get the scales. We have to bring the scales to a big tree on a hill in the savannah west of the city. Now, there are zero visual indicators as far as I can tell. But if you try to target this one tree, your arrow will target the base of the tree. Okay. Nothing on the ground anywhere else showing you this is a targetable place, but it is one. Okay. Note, if you're on the wrong side of the tree, you, won't see you it? can't target shit. No way. You have to be on the right side of the tree oh. to target this invisible spot. Diabolical. If you try to use it, nothing happens. Oh my god. But if you are here between 12 a.m. and 3 a.m. and you target the space and use the trade command with the space and trade it these poogle bugle scales it will give you a starfall tier whoa so you have to throw these scales at the tree side note side side note whenever you have to give someone something you must use the trade command same way i'm assuming as you'd like give a player something Mm -hmm. so you, you trade the tree the scales and it spits out the tier you go back to the guy and apparently this tier like will melt away in your hand if you touch it so you give him the tier, he touches it, and it melts away. <gasps> and he's like, what the fuck, dude? You didn't tell me that this thing melted. You didn't tell me that? And I'm like, fuck if I know anything. How did it, what did you want this thing that you can't even touch, man? He, he doesn't know shit. But he's like, well, I, you did what I said that you should do, even though you fucked it up. So here I have some money, I guess. I, what the, f- how annoying is this shit? It's just, this seems like a, a, a more dumb thing. It's, it's not dumb. But just More a, a, a completely like impossible way of, um, you know, like time locking shit. Like you can only, um, you know, log spruce uh, a certain time of day. Yeah, it's it's that, but worse because it's. I don't. It seems worse. I, I'm like I'm, I. I think it's like kind of the same thing. But it feels if worse. If it felt less arbitrary in terms of the quest steps, it might be cool to go to the tree at midnight no, and no, get no. a tier. No, no, no. So, yeah, what it is, it's just like, it's like a secret. Yeah. It's not like a legitimate mechanic because it makes sense narratively. It's just, it's a secret. It's like finding a, a star drop. A star, star tier. It's, well, but the star drop. Jin is From talking star, about Stardew Valley. Yes. For the record. But yeah, yeah, it's like, these are, these are things... Um, that you may never do in the game because you don't ever do the correct sequence of motions or go to the thing at the right spot in the right time and the right weather or whatever. Unlike logging spruce in the afternoon. Anyway, not quite side quest related, but in one of the lake zones, there's a whole magic school that is mostly populated by Tarus. And there's like a lot of kind of inter-school rivalries here about like the best school of magic red white or black and so on classic (laughs) yeah so once i handle some side quests it's time for me to begin on the nation quest this is like the main story quest kind of so i show up to a guard saying hey i'm a young adventurer with nothing to lose and everything to gain and he says well shit i guess we gotta find something for you to do so he foists us onto (laughs) these magic guys doing this ruins expedition without their their approval he sends us over to this taru taru brother and sister in this magic building and we say sep i'm here to help and they're like god damn it (laughs) 
Uh, but they're like, <laughs> whatever, fine. We'll, we'll find a way to use you, I guess. So meet Great. us at these ruins outside of town. We go outside of town. At least I go outside of town. And again, no map markers. So I end up going to the wrong side of the zone entirely to find this thing. Anyway, <laughs> I, I find the ruins. It's like a circular, dusty stone building. It's mostly underground. A stone tower that looks very much like a tree, actually. So it's, it's hard to tell from like that tree versus this ruin. But it's a ruin. Okay. Anyway, I go inside and I go down. This is a dungeon, though it's kind of like a field area. It's not much different in terms of flavor from the outside. It's like a very wide open dungeon with more stone floors and stone walls and it's full of bats and goblins. Side note, goblins here look just like the 14 goblins with the gas bags in front. Oh, okay. Gobbies. Obviously, it was reversed as in they, they copied the 11 goblins for 14. Correct. But, you know, yeah. coming for those from 14, of us who didn't do the one, exactly. have done the other. So I run around here for a bit, and eventually I find a door-shaped impression on the wall. I target this impression. I lock onto it. I use it again. The door slides open, Whoop. revealing a back corridor. I find these two Taru siblings in this back corridor. Way back here, they are arguing in front of a metal dome-type structure that comes out of the floor. And I cannot recall their names. They are both very long and very samey names. Anyway... So these two siblings are fighting. The sister is busy lecturing the brother about how he shouldn't be tapping into ancient magics and that he's trying to start a war. I'm inferring that she means a war with the Beastmen. Okay. Because that's been the flavor so far is this whole peace, but is it really peace? Whatever. Uh, Should we or should we not do a genocide has been the question. The brother says that only he has the vision to see what is to come. And that the war warlocks of old are dying out. And if war comes again, nobody knows how to fight. So we need this ancient magic from this place here. So we have a chance in the upcoming war. Hmm. And the sister says, but what about the star Sybil? What would she think? And the brother tells her to shut it. So she runs off. Wow. This will end really, really well. At this point, we walk in now that the the sister sibling has run off. And bro says that the experiment failed before we got here and that his sister is being a pain. So now he's extra mad. But seeing as we're here, he thinks that one of the mana orbs that powered this whole experiment was damaged. So why don't we go find it and bring it back to the headquarters so we can get it fixed. So we proceed to run around the dungeon interior and examine a bunch of devices. They look like more of the, the mini metal domes on raised platforms. Inside each dome is a glowing green orb. I don't know if this is scripted or my bad luck, but the very last one I checked has the damaged <laughs> orb. There are like six of these in the whole dungeon. I, I checked all of them. The last one was broken. I grab that. I leave. And that's it. That's where we leave off for this one. I've got the broken mana orb. I'm heading back to the HQ for the next part of this nation quest. Also, we got we got some Star Onion Brigade shenanigans coming up too. That's that's the shit right there. That's the shit. <laughs> what are these children gonna do? What are these will they guys kill a lady? Do <laughs> seems like they're gonna kill a lady. Yeah. So that's it for this episode, episode one of Vanadiel Van Splainer. Did it? Final thoughts for me, Jen. It hits me continuously as I 
get started here on how much early Final Fantasy XIV pulled from Eleven. Fourteen has grown immensely since 1.0 in A Realm Reborn, and late game 14 is very much its own thing, but early 14 feels very much like a direct sequel to 11. Hmm. You've got things like the Beastman conflicts, um, the same player races, yeah, very similar enemy types, items being crafted with like crystals and random bits. I can see a lot of pieces that were pulled into 14 from 11 by the early 14 team. Yeah, same. Which is great. Um, it definitely added to my comfort levels. But like as you were talking, I'm just literally... I know it's like a, a jungle... Like jungle ruins, like Indiana Jones, whatever. But all I could think about was Uldah. I'm just imagining your guy running through Uldah and Thanalan. And I'm like, yeah, I can, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. The savannah is is not too much unlike Thanalan, frankly. Definitely a savannah. It's not desert yeah. per se, but very similar vibes. Yeah. I don't know. For whatever reason, I just plug that in and That's fine. let it rip. Do what you got to do, Jen. I did what I got to do. Any final questions, comments, whatever, Jen? I feel like we covered a lot of ground. Um, we did. I, I started feeling one way and I currently feel a different way. Nice. In many ways. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jen. Yeah. Well, we will see you next Aru time. Stop. Never. <laughs> 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 <laughs>